0: Daniel Ramsey here with my outcast. Now today is a great podcast because there's kind of a the a new thing happening in the real estate world. It's called short-term rentals, and we've been doing some content around this. But I'm excited to have Amber Knight here. She is the lead of basically partner success at Rented.com. Amber, thanks for being here.
1: Great to be here. Thank you so much, Daniel.
0: So we've got a good one. This conversation is such an interesting one for me as an investor, as a real estate broker. And, you know, I'm the founder of MyOutDesk and we help real estate people, property management people find talent and leverage. But today's conversation really is centered around revenue management systems. Amber, what the heck is that?
1: Revenue management services are essentially what we
0: do. Yes. Services, not systems. Services. Yes.
1: Right. Um, So what we do is we help professional property managers make sure that their properties are priced and listed in a way that maximizes revenue for the homeowners, for the managers. So we will go through and make sure every single night is priced at the optimum rate to achieve their strategic objectives, as well as making sure that that listing is in such a way that it's uh, attracting the guests that they want. Essentially. So, just to make sure, is the property priced correctly and is it located at the right place to get booked at the right time for the right guests? And making sure all of those factors line up correctly is what Rented does. And we use software and hands on management to accomplish that.
0: It's such an interesting niche because, you know, I have a, a rental property in in Tahoe and I bought it because it's close to my home and, you know, it's easy to rent because it's next to a lake and it's awesome. But what you do is you help investors and large property management really drive revenue and then select the right territories to be in. Is that kind of a good synopsis of what you guys do?
1: Yes. And that's, that's another service that we do for professional investors and managers, where do you go? What do you buy? What's the right property and what's the right place to buy that property um, to maximize your returns?
0: But how do you know? I mean, okay. So we're today, if you're listening, we we've got a rented report and you guys put out a report on a national basis. How do you get your data? How do you know? Cause I know Sacramento, I know Tahoe, but I do not know the middle of the country let alone Florida, and yet you guys are able to kind of cover the entire country, which is kind of an interesting thing.
1: Right. And because the, the short-term vacation rental uh, industry is so fragmented, the yep. data is fine. There's a lot of data out there and a lot of it's bad. So how do you sort through the data to make sure you're looking at the right information and you have an accuracy level? So if you know that your data is only 20%, has a 20% margin of error, you're going to treat it differently than if it has a 40% margin of error. And what do you do and how do you move forward and how do you find local experts who can kind of triangulate, is this data correct? Mm -hmm. Um, And so we will go through and we'll look at that and we'll say, okay, how long has this property been listed? Um, How many reviews does it have? How active is it? And then gathering that data either directly from the database from the property managers or scraping the data online to make that work and it's different for every market so there's a lot of markets on our rented report that are not necessarily they're great markets but there's no data on them so we can't quantify it so they're not on here and those are some places that are emerging markets maybe that are more unknown yeah the infrastructure is not there they're great places to invest but we can't just put it in a report. We'd have to go in and do a lot more work on it. So these are the top 100 places to, as a starting point to buy, to look and to start to do that research. And then once you're looking at this and you say, okay, I would like to buy a property on the Oregon coast. Well, Mm -hmm. Southern Oregon coast, middle Oregon coast, what kind of property? Is it okay if it's off the beach? Where do Mm -hmm. I spend my money? At that point you wanna start to get either a local professional to help you out or Rented has Rented Research and we can go in and dig through and get you all of that data that you need to make the best decision and also to launch that vacation rental property so you're optimizing revenue. Properties, like just once you buy it, it's not enough. Property managers, we've seen a 200% difference in properties, identical properties in their performance just based on how their revenue management is handled
0: who would be an ideal client for you? And then what would you do with them to kind of get them set up? And then what does it look like to actually have success with that client? Like walk us through the whole client journey.
1: Absolutely. So we work with professional property managers for vacation rental property managers. We do also work with people who have a portfolio of more than 10 short-term rental properties. We would work with them to understand what is your strategic objective? for your properties. What do your owners want? What do you want to achieve? And for some of them, occupancy is the most important. They want as many people, as many nights filled as possible. And for other ones, they want to make sure that the average daily rate or ADR is as high as possible. You know, and those are two extremes and there's a middle in there that Mm -hmm. try to find. And we try to find that for every individual home and choose the right software and the right data to make that happen. And then setting the rates, um, advising on the listings, so which online travel agencies—they're um, called OTAs—so that's Booking, VRBO, Airbnb. Which one of those should this property be on, and how often should it be on be on there? And what how, what should the rates look like? And what should that what should the title look like? Like right now, everybody's gone through with COVID, and they've changed their titles to say "private entrance," "private." Uh, Private pool, you know, private is a big thing now. So just going in and changing that right away makes Mm -hmm. a huge difference on which property gets listed first. And the property that gets listed first for the right amount, they're making more money versus somebody who just checks the rates once a month or sets them once a year and says, the rate for this property is $250 a night. That's great. You're going to get the 4th of July when you could have got, you know, gotten a $400 a night and you won't get the, you know, Monday through Thursdays any time of the year. Mm-hmm. So you've lost out on uh tens of thousands of dollars because mm-hmm. of that. So or just maybe you didn't have good photos, so people don't know that it's a good property. Or right. do you have enough reviews to know so that people know that other people have stayed there and like this property? Um so how how do you find that balance and how do you make sure that you're optimizing each individual segment? But also doing that while not spending all your time on it. So essentially, you're outsourcing your revenue management services and your pricing services to rented so that you can focus on what you're best at.
0: It's interesting because, as an investor, like a real estate investor guy, right? I see you as my national real estate broker almost with the data. How do you guys pull that data and like how reliable is it? And would you, for instance, take a guy like me and say, hey, I'm gonna spend a million dollars or five million or ten million to buy this portfolio, where would I go and how do I know that what your the advice that you're giving me is legitimate and I can rely on it?
1: There's a huge difference between one million and five million and ten million and what you do there. Yep. And so you'd want to if it's if it's a million dollars, you want to find a local expert and we would match you with a local vacation rental management expert. So there's a lot of real estate agents who are also property managers. So in twenty mm-hmm. 20- States it's required. You have to be a real estate agent in order to be a property manager for right. short term. So we would match you up with somebody locally who is an expert. If you're looking at spending five or 10 million or more than that, which we've had, we would put together a custom report for you that says here's in there's, there's broad overviews of like which region should you invest in. But yep. if you are know that you want to invest in the Gulf coast of Florida, we would narrow that down and say, here's all the markets and here's the data in the markets. And here's what the professionals say in these markets. And here's what you can expect. So your ROI on investing in Panama City Beach versus 30A versus Destin versus Pensacola, they're going to be different. And the properties that you wanna buy in each one of these markets is going to be different. And then at the end of it, who manages that property? Because if you went through all that work to find the right property, And then the property underperforms because your nightly rates aren't being managed properly. You've just lost out on a huge amount of money, like at the the final stretch. So how do we match you with rented will manage those rates, but we also want an on-the-ground local manager to partner with, to handle the guest interactions and to handle the property and all of that.
0: In your report, are you taking into consideration like the purchase price and mortgage rates and like all of the kind of real estate related and maybe even price appreciation, like what the, what, what's going to go up over time? And how do you do that with the data? Yes,
1: for this year, uh, this is a new thing for us. We have partnered with Weiss Analytics, who uh, they handle they index real estate prices and they forecast what the 12-month um, outlook looks like. And uh, yeah. so we've partnered with them so that now not ju- we're including not just ADR and occupancy and annual returns from the vacation rental side. We're looking at what does it cost to buy a property in this market? And yeah, how is it going to appreciate? And so and what are your costs and what are you going to get annually versus what, what are you going to get from the property appreciating? And where is the best value for you? And so it's much more holistic than we've done in the past.
0: If somebody comes in and says, look, I, I want to do $5 million in, in real estate purchases with you, and I already have a portfolio now, what would somebody expect working with Rented versus, you know, guesstimating or you relying on like a local expert or what do you expect the return on investment would be for working with Rented?
1: That's a big question because you're looking at the short term and the long term. I, I would say margins for, so, and the investors are different than the vacation rental managers. When we look at a vacation rental manager, just managing properties, the yep. margins for them are eight to 15% on, you know, their returns versus what, what they're, what they're spending and their time and everything else. So um, let me
0: break that. Let me break that down. So if you're a professional property manager right now and you focus on short term rentals, they come to you, you're going to help them make eight to 15% more revenue for their business.
1: Well, their current margins should be right about 8 to 15%. And we okay. say, okay, how do we increase the amount of revenue that you're making your margins on? And okay. so we work so that's working with the real estate agents that are property managers. We yep. will work with them to increase that side. So their annual, what are their annual returns? For a property investor, it depends so radically to put a number out there would be there's just no way to do it because buying a place in Phoenix versus buying a place in Palm Springs versus Santa Barbara, it's, it's really, it's radically different. And what we do is we, we assess the risk and we say, what, what are you going to run into? What do you want to be aware of in going into this market? And what should you expect so that you can set up your key performance indicators and know going into, you know, especially with your, the quality of the local managers makes a big difference. Yeah. So, you know, going Indianapolis, surprisingly, it's a really hot market right now. The Midwest, great places to invest property ma- with vacation rental management. Why? But the infrastructure is not there. So if you don't have a good manager and you're not doing the management, you're going to have a lot of work and you're not, probably not going to perform very well. The Jersey Shore, South Jersey Shore, amazing potential there. But the managers are all, um, they're not, they're, they don't handle the cleans. And so, and everybody's accustomed to Saturday to Saturday cleans. So you really can't get full service property management in the South Jersey shore, but if you could, and you could move from Saturday to Saturday rentals to three-day rentals all over the place, you would make 300% over the market right now, but you'd have to handle the logistics. And so it's, it's just such a new industry. It's like the hotel industry in the forties, like the wild West and everything's wide open. But you have to make sure that all the pieces slide in right at the same time. And you're delivering a strong performance for the guests and you're your views up and all that.
0: So that brings up the next question, which I love. I love doing these interviews. What are all the considerations that a person should take when purchasing a property uh, as a short term rental? What are the things that you've learned manage- managing this national pool of not only data, but property managers and you know, investors and like, what, what are, what are the buying criterias for sh- short-term rental?
1: Um, the first one is regulatory, I would say, because okay. like Miami right now, Miami has shut down all bars, restaurants, and vacation rentals, but hotels are open. So you can go to a hotel and share a lobby with a bunch of people and share a pool with a bunch of people, but you can't go rent your own vacation rental. So there are some rules like that that are just ridiculous Austin. Austin is an amazing pay- place to have a vacation rental, but it has to be grandfathered in. So you have to have bought a vacation rental already and it has to be licensed and then it's licensed. So buying a new house in Austin and running it out as a vacation rental would be illegal. So you mm. can't do that. So you, you have to understand not just the current regulatory landscape, but the ongoing regulatory landscape.
0: Do you guys know if a jurisdiction is about to try to make Airbnb illegal in a particular city? Like, how do you collect that data on a national basis?
1: Being in it every day. Rented is, we have a team of people who've been in this industry for so long and have, are so involved in the communities. And we're talking to our local managers that we hear what's going on. And, you know, and there's local, there's teams of people that are working on this to just know what's, what, what's going on. And some States like Arizona have passed these statewide regulations saying you can't ban vacation rentals. You can tax them, but you can't ban them. And that's great. So then, you know, okay, the regulatory environment in in Arizona is pretty good, but there's a lot of people buying and selling houses in the Phoenix metro area. I love old town Scottsdale. I love a lot of Scottsdale, but if you get a house in the suburbs, You know, you might get an extra tax and you're not going to get that much revenue from it. And a lot of this, the data doesn't tell you all of this. The data gives you an indicator of the direction of something. And then we look at it and because rented, that's all we, that's what we do is we look at do. our strategic plan, look at that and we say, oh, we need more information here. And we go talk to the local experts on the ground and get more data and more information until we're comfortable with it. And- That's, that's kind of how we work through this is like market by market, understanding what does this look like? Because like, and that's one of the reasons why we're just focused in the United States, because this is around the world. We can, we understand revenue management around the world, but we can't do it to the level, that we can do it in the U S right now.
0: Okay. So regulatory is number one. What's number two?
1: Today, I would say how you get there. So a destination market is much more resilient or excuse me, a drive to market is much more resilient than a fly to market, but right. a fly to market will make more money when it's up and going. So Hawaii, Hawaii is a no brainer 12 months out of the year, except yeah. for right now when it's closed. So is there a good opportunity to get some deals on houses that are not making any revenue right now that will in 18 months? Yes, but you know, Hawaii goes up and down. It's up or it's down. Where are your guests coming from? So how do, you, how do, how do your guests get to the property? is probably the second, the second factor. And then, you know, I would say after that,
0: the infrastructure of the local manager and the cleaning yeah, crews and the repair people.
1: Right. Yeah. Where are you, where are you going to stay? If there's not enough places to stay, not enough people are going. So there's not enough demand. I like, I'm a huge fan of diversification. Yep. Like you have, I think if you've got international and domestic guests coming to your market and they want to come 10 months out of the year, and you're, expand, you're able to expand those shoulder seasons of spring and fall, that's a really great market to be in. Because Michigan, I love Michigan, but Michigan has a six-week season. So you've got to find a housekeeper the same time everybody else wants to find a housekeeper. And you've got to find a manager, and they're just packed for six weeks, and then nothing.
0: Michigan's only six weeks? They don't rent their cottages any other time? You
1: can but the managers are so used to a six week season that you have to find a manager who's on board with, how do we extend the shoulder seasons? How do we get an extra three weeks on both sides? And, you know, so you have, you have to figure that out and you have to find a manager that fits your, what what you're looking for. So,
0: so supply and demand is really the next thing in the, like how many people and where they're coming from. That's probably the next thing. And then your local manager, any other kind of decisions or.
1: I, there's, there's a thousand, like what, what type of property do you need? Like you don't want to buy a, you don't want to buy a beach house in the mountains. People would go to a place when you go to the cabins, you want to go, excuse me. When you go to the mountains, you want to stay in a cabin, right? When you go to the beach, you want to stay in a beach house. You want it to be bright and airy and full of light. When you go to the city, you want it to be super mod. You want, you know, you want those things. And so matching the property you're getting to what the get, the experience the guests are looking for. And can you enhance that experience? And then, I mean, that includes like making sure the beds are soft and you've got good sheets and all, you know, you get into that hospitality thing, which is a whole different ball game. And I strongly recommend nobody try to be an expert real estate agent and an expert hospitality expert because they're two different things. And so, you know, you want to make sure, understand what you're best at, what you like to do and do that and outsource the rest.
0: (laughs) You're like speaking my language. Okay, but what I'm surprised uh, purchase price, mortgage, and appreciation isn't in that mix somewhere.
1: I'm looking at it from a vacation rental side and I would say they are in there, but there's a handful of, so when you're looking at appreciation, like if you're looking at, keeping a vacation rental for years. Yeah. You make sure, you know, are you getting those annual returns and are you like, those are the easiest things to maximize um, right. your purchase price. It's going to depend on like one of the things that we have in the rented report is the difference between the 50th and the 75th percentile. If there's a high difference, it means you can buy a house at the 50th percentile for that zip code, fix it up and, and sell it at the 75th percentile or you can get a great deal to your mortgage rates lower. So what's the right property for that? And and I would say purchase price appreciation, we're so early on in collecting that data, we almost can't speak to it from a vacation rental perspective. Like that's why we're partnering with Vice Analytics to say what what do they have and what does it look like? Because it just it varies a lot. And it's there's not enough data on it to be able to say, okay, if you buy a house here, it will cash flow. It will cash flow for like for vacation rentals. It's almost a niche where you can find a house that's going to cash flow right away over time, and the appreciation's good. Mm-hmm. So, like people in Summit County, Colorado, they buy vacation rentals because they want the annual appreciation. The amount of money they make from renting it out in a year is not worth it to them. It's it's like right. pocket pocket money. They want it to make sure that their house is taken care of while they live in California or Texas or whatnot. So their priorities are different. Mm. Uh, they want that long-term appreciation. If you look at somebody in on the South Carolina coast, they want occupancy to be super high, and they're very reliant on that that annual revenue. And they're not as concerned about the long-term appreciation because they've they're going to keep the property for a long time.
0: Got it. Well, it sounds like, I mean, in, in my opinion, at being a real estate broker, it sounds like what you're saying is you need to partner with a local expert to determine appreciation and like what it feels like and looks like in terms of cost and value. Is that, is that kind of what you would say?
1: That is correct because it's, it's too complex to be able to say, you know, if you say here, are the three most important things in buying a vacation rental, you know, do you love that market? you go there because you go to Tahoe and you love going there. Like yeah. you, you you can't quantify love. You can't quantify appreciating a market and right. people get so emotionally attached to their vacation rentals that, you know, trying, and it's, it's just too complex to be able to put into a number, but a local expert can say in this market, this is what we value. And the deep dive reports, we can say in this market, here's what to buy to get your best returns.
0: Got and
1: it. we do that, but it's just,
0: yeah. So we, we started this conversation out explaining the rented report, which is a national report, which is actually going to get, you know, it's, it's launched in the news. Let's talk through what the top five markets are. We're in July, 2020. So if you're listening to this in 2021 or 2022, you need to get the updated version, right? Cause this is an annual report that you guys put out, but let's talk through how you got there with the report and then what the top five markets are. and uh Just entice people to want to kind of grab your report and and be involved with Rented.
1: Absolutely. So for the Rented report, we've been doing these for five years now. Um, They're very well regarded. Uh, This one was supposed to come out in March and we just kept getting questions over and over again about when's the Rented report coming out. So we're like, fine, we we will prioritize this and get it done. It is intended to be the first step in deciding where to buy a vacation rental. And it is intended to figure out, okay, do you go in the Southeast or the Southwest or what does that look like? And then find a local expert to dig in to find the right makeup of the property and how to manage it and all of that. So we went through and we looked at what are the markets that are established enough to have enough data that we can look at and enough reviews and active, active reports to understand what's going on in this market. We got the annual revenue. And we looked at the rev par, and rev par is revenue per available room, and basically it's the occupancy rate times the average daily rate, and it's just kind of a general like baseline to say, like for every night that's available on this property, how much money should you be, should you expect to get for it? Got and it. so we kind of have assessed the rev par on these properties, but we've partnered with Weiss Analytics to understand how much does it cost to buy a property in this market. And how much is it going to appreciate over the next twelve months? And combining those costs of running the property, plus the appreciation, and the amount of revenue that you'll make on vacation rentals in a given year, what are the best? What are the best places to invest? Wow! And yeah, so it's it took we we could have spent six more months trying to to do the analysis on this. It's super fun to get into. And if you like giant spreadsheets, that's what we've got for one of these. Um, right. It's, it's kind of wild, but so the top places to the top area to buy a vacation rental is the Florida panhandle. And what I would talk about specifically there is Santa Rosa beach and 30A. That's an area where big, gorgeous vacation rentals and people love buying and selling them all day long. It's like a hobby there. Um, I love it. And so then the second place to buy a vacation rental is the South Jersey shore which we talked about a little bit. Wonderful place to buy a vacation rental, if you buy a place there, um if you can extend your season um on the spring and the fall, nobody else is doing that out there um and you'll do have get amazing returns and higher returns I think than even what we're able to document because of some of the limitations there on the management infrastructure. There's a lot of great managers out there, um, mm-hmm. but very, we're doing full service, which is managing the, the listings and the bookings as well as the cleanings and the, the maintenance.
0: Right.
1: So third uh, third place, Best place to buy a vacation rentals in the Poconos. It's a great little spot. It's kind of out of the way. Uh, What we've seen this year with COVID is that people are wanting to go to the mountains much more. Like demand for vacation rentals in the mountains is higher than it was last year. It's higher than what we expected it to be this year. So any place that's up in the mountains is seeing a bump in revenue. Um, in 2020, and we'll see a bump in revenue going forward. People just want to go and get away from everybody else and stay in their own private house and have room to spread out and work and do school and everything else, just not in their house.
0: Yeah. So, You know what's crazy? So, and I don't know if you can speak to this, because I'm looking at the report right now, and the Florida Panhandle has a score of 98.7, and Mm -hmm. Jersey and the Poconos, they're 93. That's a pretty big Difference, You know, it's like five points. And then the next one, Smoky Mountains, Central Texas, they're in the in the top 70s. So can you articulate why such a big difference between Florida and like, even my favorite, which is Tahoe is 50 is in the 50s. And yeah. the difference between 98 and 50. That's huge. But I'm curious. Why the difference in the scores?
1: Some of it is that these markets are, I, it's hard to call the Poconos an emerging market or even the mm-hmm. South Shore. But what we're seeing is because this is based on the revenue data from last year of vacational revenue data, these markets are not optimizing their numbers. So the managers that are there are not making sure that their revenue management is at as high as it can be. The Florida Panhandle, has is a well-established market with huge demand. All people always want to go there, and they've their sophistication in setting their rates and making sure that their listings are great is just at a whole different level than what you're seeing in all of these other markets. Is so, there like
0: a local manager that just dominates the area, and so it raised the competition for everybody?
1: There's 50 local managers that dominate the area, and they're all the best in they're the best in the industry. They're active. This is what they do. They've been doing it for 30 years. They're like the internet is real and we're going to optimize it. Whereas the South Jersey shore, which I love. And I, and i and I don't mean anything. I love the people in, in Jersey, like all of this, but I literally was talking to a manager there. who's like, we've been doing this since 1945 and it's been working well. And I'm like the internet happened between now and then you've got to list your properties online. You've got to, I don't know, accept credit cards, You've got to, you know, not everybody can check in on Saturday and check out on Saturday. So right. you're, the number of guests that you have just keeps funneling down to smaller and smaller. And so there's no competition. Whereas if you open up and you say, you know, I'm, I'm going to be out there and avail- as available as I can at the top of the rankings, you'll yeah. make three times more than the house next to you. <laughs> so the opportunity in the South Jersey Shore is really, really high. And got not it. everybody knows it. The opportunity in the Florida Panhandle is really high, but everybody knows it. And that's the difference in these rankings.
0: You know what's yeah. weird is I see Central Texas as the number five, and that'll make a lot of my friends happy who are Texans, but oh. I can't imagine going to Texas as, as a vacation rental. Like, I just, I, I mean, you know, I don't know.
1: Yeah, well, you're talking about like the Texas Hill Country, because this is the other thing. We're talking about destination or drive-to markets. Got it. And so, you know, and, and that's what some of these things have in common. The Florida Panhandle, people drive to go to Panama City Beach. People drive to the South Jersey Shore. They don't fly from California into the South Jersey Shore. You know, Central Texas, New Braunfels and Fredericksburg. These are great little, like, it's Texas Hill Country, Lake Travis. Um, you know, these are great spots to go when you've been in Dallas or Houston or, you know, San Antonio all week and you're just like, I need to go somewhere for the weekend and get away. This I is where you it. go, you, you, really, you can't drive to Tahoe from Texas, easily.
0: Right. Right. So let's talk about Tahoe because it's my, it's my spot. And I'm, since I'm interviewing you, I get to do that craziness, right? Why is it so low there? Is it just because the pricing is high or what's the.
1: So where are you in Tahoe?
0: Truckee, California. Yeah. North Shore.
1: One is that I would say the Bay Area has pushed up prices quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Two, yep. there's some regulatory uncertainty. South Lake Tahoe is like banning vacation rentals. I actually think the Nevada side of Tahoe is a really great opportunity. But again, the infrastructure, there's a there's managers that have been there that have more than 100 units that are like, we've been doing the same thing since the 90s. And I'm mm. like, the internet happened, Airbnb happened, you've got to get on on board with this. Reviews yep. are important. And they're like, well, you know what? they, we, the same people keep coming to us. I'm like, yeah, but there's a lot more people that live in the Bay area and they like to book at 2am and not talk to anybody, you know, right. like you've got this balance of, and that's where the property values come into play. And right. how much is like, how much does it cost to buy this property? Yep. And what are like when Tahoe a, has a bad ski season, like, and there's just not enough snow. You've got a lot of variability in how much money that property is going to make. You know, whereas like the Nevada side, I think 75% of their um, rentals come in the summertime. And there's also a huge push for, for long-term stays in the wintertime in, in Tahoe. So if I would speak to it, there's a lot of things and some of it's just like, you know, when we talk about the Florida Panhandle, all the managers are on board with how do we be innovative and get as many bookings as we can. It, Tahoe's a little bit more resistant to some of that.
0: Yeah, Tahoe's hard to even get contractors, oh, property, property managers. managers.
1: With top tier revenue management,
0: would kill it there like yeah. if,
1: if you had a top and there
0: are some top tier
1: managers there but when you get that when you have one of those they're going to do twice what everybody else is going to do if not three times
0: sounds like you guys are really geared to help optimize property managers and large investors like that's your ideal sweet spot to really that those are the people who would be clients for you yes okay
1: we're Love very that. good at making more money out of existing assets that's what we love to do and talk, talk about. And that's, that's all day long. That's what we do. So it, it can get very uh, boring. Like we also have the Ultimate Guide to Revenue Management on our website. It is okay. like a page book. And if you're a person who likes to talk to other people versus dig into data, it's exhausting because it's so right. much. But right. if you really like data and you want to know, like, how do we break this down? That's, that's one of the things that we do is we break it down. Of like, here's what your strategy can look like to achieve your objectives and here's here here are the different tools in the toolbox which ones would you like to use this is what we recommend and so and again it's not like this is not one size fits all for everybody because it's too much because people want different things and so we have to say what are your objectives here are the tools let's pick the five that work and let's revise and iterate
0: that's so cool. Let's just assume you won the lotto tomorrow and you had $10 million to invest in short-term rentals and Amber, you were going to do it. Go tell, tell me the strategy and where would you go and what would you do?
1: I'm going to say, I would probably say South New Jersey. Like if I look at this list, yep. like eight May and that area, get some vacation rentals, manage them in a way that nobody else is managing them in the market And there's some regulatory things with like real estate agents get a great deals on like, like it's very favorable for real estate agents there. So it's harder. You have to go in, you have to be a broker. You have to do all of these. There's a lot of hoops to jump through, but opportunity for innovation in South Jersey in the South Jersey shore is huge and nobody's paying attention to it. And I think like, if you look at Cape May and even, you know, I was there in December one time. And it was beautiful and it was like, it's just, it's right there. It's like two hours from New York city. And there's, so there's this huge population of people and they don't go and they don't go because the properties are hard to find and they're listed for the same people that have been going there for three generations. So mm. innovating that bringing more demand for that, doing what's going on in the Florida panhandle in, in, the South Jersey shore, I think is a huge opportunity for innovation. I think yeah, Fredericksburg, Texas, and Braunfels are really great places and, um, you know, I love that. I also love Sonoma. Like if you want to talk about California and, um, the North Florida, if, if I was in California, like you're in Sacramento, like that Fort Bragg area and, and right up in there and in the, like no, on the sh- North California coast, North of yep. San Francisco, yep. amazing opportunities there. The properties are kind of expensive, but they do really well and they do really well year round. Like for whatever reason, people from Dallas love going there. Yeah, I know. It's a weird, I guess there was some company um, in Dallas that used to fly their their team up there every year. And so now it's like this historical thing of people go up there. So there's a lot of Californians and a bunch of people from Texas. So yeah, I would say like, you know, you're kind of, you're jumping around and like, like what can you do? But yeah, houses in the Florida Panhandle are always a great, really solid investment. Even the demand does not go down in a hurricane. They, they, like these are the shocking things. Like hurricanes happen, Demand does not go down. What what is that? People just want to go. They've been going for so long. It's huge. You know, you
0: you actually brought up another question that I had, and it's so interesting picking your brain. Um, And if you're listening right now, this is like, this is my dream job, right? Interviewing an expert about real estate and a different way of looking. This is like ideal, but you, you brought up a good point, like for Bragg, how do you know the demand? of a particular area and where people are coming from. Because if, if, if like, for instance, I know Fort Bragg, my wife has played soccer tournaments there. It's a great place, beautiful beaches, beautiful towns, little quaint place, but I would never know that I, w- I should advertise in Dallas and Texas to get occupancy in Fort Bragg. So how do you guys help somebody understand where, where the demand comes from locations wise?
1: of it, honestly, is understanding, like evaluating their own data. So if you've been running a management company for more than 18 months, your own data is the most valuable piece. So how do you interpret that data in a way to define what you should be doing, where you should be going? So that's one of the first things we do is we partner with a company called Key Data Dashboards, and they upload all your data and they evaluate it, and they put it into nice, beautiful visual spreadsheets so that you can figure out what that looks like.
0: But Amber, yeah. I've, been running, I've been running my property management by my gut and seat of my pants. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you extract that out of?
1: So there's four or five companies you can buy data from. We'd buy that data, we would talk to a local expert, and then you can look and you can just see, and also SEO is the other piece of, if you do an SEO assessment, you can figure out where location. people are looking.
0: Yep. Yeah. Okay. Great. Amber, we're giving away the rented report. If you're listening, we've got Amber here. Uh, partner success is your title, the director of partner success, I'm right?
1: The VP of business consulting services. So I've okay. moved over from the first time we talked to um, running, essentially helping businesses and helping managers grow and make more money. And that's what I do. And usually it's finding the right, right people to outsource specific things to you know, on that quadrant of things you're good at and things you like to do, the things you're good at and you like to do, and offloading the things you don't like to do and you're not good at first. And then the things you don't like to do that you, you know, are the things that you aren't good at for like the, what, what is it on the quadrant? The things you don't like to do and you're not good at outsource those the yep. things you don't like to do. And you are good at, you kind of want to keep those first. And then the things that you, you know, that you like to do that you're not good at, you want to outsource those too. And so then you're just focused on the things that you like to do that you're good at. And then figuring out who's the best people to either learn from or to hand off for everything else. And that's, that's a lot of what I talk about all day long.
0: That's, that's exactly our value proposition. Do what you love, outsource the rest, focus on your core business. Amber, this has been amazing. I really appreciate you. Uh, if you're listening right now, you can click below to get the actual rented report. And we'll update that every year as you guys build them. How would somebody get a hold of you? Um, we've talked about rented, but we've never said rented.com, which is your website. But how would, if, if if I'm a property manager, if I'm an investor, if I'm a broker that owns, you know, a property management division, how would we find out you know, about your company and take the next steps of discovering whether there's a win-win here that we can create.
1: Yeah. You can email salesteam at rented.com or you can reach out to me at amber at rented.com and we can go through and make things happen.
0: I love it. All right, Amber, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been fun. Um, and I, I actually learned a lot, which is, which is really great.
1: Glad to hear it. Yeah. Let me know the next time you want to buy a vacation rental and we'll, we'll talk about it
0: there you go. All right. Uh, Amber Knight from rented.com. Again, thank you so much for joining. If you're listening right now, you're listening to the my out desk podcast, scale the show. Uh, We love having you. We love helping businesses grow, save time, money, and scale. Uh, My name is Daniel Ramsey, the CEO and founder. And thank you so much for listening.